0: You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Yes, baby, here we are. Week two of the NFL season. And oh boy, did I get off to a great start dominating the other members of Bet Rivers. All right, it's one week. I shouldn't get carried away, but I got to brag while I can, right? Four and one with my picks. We'll get to my picks later in the podcast. Also coming up today, Mike Sando, NFL writer, the athletic so a lot to get to on today's edition of the bullpen with adam the bull brought to you by bet rivers let me remind you to get extra value this football season with bet rivers squares Win up to ten thousand dollars in bonus money that's ten thousand bucks we could all use ten thousand bucks bet ten dollars in same game parlays on any game with the squares icon to earn a square Let's begin with Thursday night football. Last night, uh, if you saw my tweet, I didn't mention this in the podcast on Wednesday, but if you if you're follow me following me on Twitter at Adam the Bull, um, you will have seen that I picked uh, the Vikings plus six. So we get a uh, we get a push to start the week. I don't always like to push. The Vikings were getting six; they lost by six. Now, for much of the game, it looked like Philadelphia would cover. In the end, it did not happen. That's why they call it gambling. It doesn't always go the way it should. It should have been this. It should have been that. Listen, that's part of it. Philadelphia made it a game or Minnesota made it a game in the end. They actually had the ball in the closing seconds, but not enough wild game. 34-28. The Eagles come out on top. And um, so, uh, but a big night for DeAndre Swift. Remember, he barely played in his first game with Philadelphia. But uh, injuries lead to him getting more of an opportunity, and Swift makes the uh, Vikings pay. He was unstoppable. Between him and the and the Eagles' uh, offensive line, Minnesota really had no answer. Philly ran the ball 48 times in this game. Minnesota, meanwhile, ran it nine times because they were behind for much of the game, especially after that turnover to start the second half. But um, Philadelphia, 48 carries, 28 of them by DeAndre Swift. He was the star of the night. Uh, uh, he had 28 carries 175 yards and a touchdown biggest game for him in a long time. He also had three touches via the, via the air, not much there, but uh, 31 total touches for 181 total yards and one touchdown for Deandre, uh, Deandre Swift. It was a great game. Jalen hurts, you know, did, did his thing. I mean, he was very accurate when he threw the ball, except he did throw one pick. But besides that, I mean, he was on target all night. Most of it going to Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith had 131 of the 193 receiving yards available, including that long 63-yard touchdown. It was a great throw. But Jalen Hurts, I mean, listen, coming into this year, I was not ready to put him in the uber elite of NFL quarterbacks yet because he had only done it for one year. He'd only played at that level for one year. And listen, when it's all said and done, maybe he won't do it again this year. Uh, he hasn't been perfect in the first two games, but, uh, the more you watch him play, the more it looks very clear, like he's heading uh, for a permanent spot in that elite class of, of quarterbacks. He, he's hard not to like, uh, and uh, he just does everything right. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes and he's an excellent quarterback. Meanwhile, Kirk cousins continues to, uh, not win on Thursday Night Football, but you can hardly blame him. I mean, he he did all he could. Minnesota's got no running game. I think right now it looks like moving on from Dalvin Cook was a mistake. Uh, Alex, Alexander Madison fumbled early, you know, gave the Eagles a little edge early. Um, and then Kirk Cousins fumbled in the second half when he got sacked. You can hardly kill him for that. I mean, even even though Philadelphia knew he was going to be passing most of the game, Still goes 31 of 44, 364 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Avoided the pressure pretty well. Again, the sack fumble. Besides that, they didn't hit him that much. Justin Jefferson, 11 11 catches, 159 yards. How about this statistic? I saw this from Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus. This is a wild stat. Justin Jefferson at 24 years old after last night, has more receiving yards than any Chicago Bear receiver in the team's history. The Bears have been around over 100 years. They don't have a player with more career receiving yards for them than Justin Jefferson already has at 24 years old. That is crazy. But Minnesota, who was, you know, I think the two seed, if I remember correctly, last year. Won a lot of close games. They're off to an 0 and 2 start. I think they're better than that. Listen, they've got some issues on defense. They got rid of a lot of players on defense. They were t- trying to save money with the salary cap. Two of those players went to the Browns. Zadarius Smith, Dalvin Tomlinson played, both played well in their first game with Cleveland. So they've taken some hits there. Downgrading also from Dalvin Cook to Alexander Madison on the offense. They have no depth at the position. It's going to hurt him, but uh, if you got Kirk Cousins, as I do, in in the fantasy league, you're pretty happy because he's going to be throwing the ball a lot and putting up some pretty big fantasy numbers, as he often does. Will it translate to a ton of wins? We'll see. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Mike Sando of The Athletic is going to join me. We'll hit on a bunch of topics, including do the Jets have a chance? I talked about this on Wednesday. I don't see the Jets having any chance of making the playoffs with uh, Zach Wilson. We'll see what uh, Mike thinks. Also, Kenny Pickett awful in his first game. Mike, one of uh, a number of media members, very high on Kenny Pickett. We'll see what he and others are seeing that I'm not seeing. That's all coming up right here in the Bullpen with Adam the Bull. You're in the Bullpen with Adam the Bull. All right, we are back and uh, we're joined by Mike Sando of The Athletic. Mike, thanks for joining me. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah, the start of the NFL season is underway. I I was looking at your column today and there's a couple of things I wanted to hit on, but first, the first thing in your column today, you talked about Deion Sanders potentially coaching yeah. in the NFL. And this is fascinating to me because I'm not, a, I'm a huge NFL guy, but I'm not a big college guy. Right. But right. I love the story of Deion Sanders. I want him to, I'm rooting for him to win every game. I want them to go undefeated and win the national championship. I know that probably won't happen, but that's what I'm rooting for. So I'm fascinated by this story. You talked about it and you said, hey, it's a small sample size to this point, only two games at major division one college. But there are, you know, the NFL tends to be conservative with coaching hires. They've gotten better, but uh, you think he's already on the radar of some teams, huh?
1: I would think so. I mean, to me, Deion Sanders is just so smart and intentional with everything he does. And I think, you know, I remember, you know, when he first started playing uh, and you know, you sort of—I uh, mean, I was much younger then—but you sort of thought of him as flashy and a show off and that type of stuff, right? There's, there's so much, uh, like even that was part of his uh, plan, right? I mean, I think he's just so well thought out in everything he's done about his career. Uh, he impresses you with the things he says about, uh, you know, being a father. I think he's honest. Like, you know, he'll take on critics of NIL or whatever. He'll 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 say. Uh, what he feels in a manner that is really uh, sharp. So I think he's authentic. I think he knows the NFL. I think one of the big issues with college coaches is you know, they come in and you're used to having all of the power and wielding it yeah. uh, like you would in college. Well, guess what? That's changing in college because right. the players have the power now. So you better be somebody in college who can relate to players and coach players and reach them. Okay, You can't just intimidate them. They'll leave. <laughs> it's a great point. And so the the Urban Meyer way yeah. doesn't work in the pros. Well, guess what? Dion's the opposite of that. He, he's, and, and then his experience in the league uh, gives him a level of knowledge and feel for it uh, that's, I think, special. The last thing I thought somebody in, that I quoted in the piece said, it looks like he has the ability to bring out the best in others, which is not commonly a trait of
0: the greatest players, right? They're not always the greatest. That's coaches; true. They're different. So I'm very intrigued by him. Now I'm going all over the place, Mike. Now I'm thinking maybe he can coach the Broncos. I know Sean Payton just got there, but roll with me here. And <laughs> yeah. manage the Rockies.
1: <laughs> and stay at Colorado. He <laughs> can do it all. You know, just be a Colorado football, Colorado sports czar. Yeah. Uh, you're right, though. Yeah, He played baseball,
0: you know. And he was good. Mike, let's get to some other things. You know, um, it, it, one of your other columns recently, the roundtable that you did, you guys were talking about a bunch of things, and everybody's really high on Kenny Pickett. Now, I- I'm not uh, saying everybody's wrong based on one game. Obviously, I yeah. struggled in the first game. But going into the season, and maybe it's – I grew up a Bengals fan, and I've been covering the Browns for 12 years. So maybe I'm colored by my – Hatred of the Steelers. But I don't see what everybody else sees in Kenny Pickett. I see Kenny Pickett, and I see another in the line of maybe like Andy Dalton, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mac Jones, that level of quarterback. That's what I see. But I'm in the minority, clearly. Tell me what yeah. you and others are seeing in Kenny Pickett that yeah. I'm not seeing.
1: I think it's just a little bit better than that. But some of that is we haven't seen him reach his peak yet, right? So until somebody does, you, you probably do imagine a little bit more uh, for him. So I don't think that's an unreasonable take. You know, I think it's possible that he's sort of, if you follow my quarterback tiers thing, yep, you know, where the top course. tier is going to be, you know, Mahomes all the way down to even Justin Herbert. And the second tier is kind of, you know, the Matt, Matt Staffords of the world's who really can, you know, sometimes step on the gas and you can put it on their back and they can throw you uh, to win. I, I think people would see Kenny Pickett as being just sort of a notch below that, but maybe able to get uh, a, a little bit above like you were saying, the Garoppolo. So it's probably not as huge of a difference as you think. Okay. Um, but, you know, one of the people that I was influenced by was my Football GM podcast co-host, Randy Mueller, who's a great evaluator and really a good evaluator of quarterbacks. And uh, he liked him. He liked him as a first-round pick. He didn't have a problem taking him in the top 10. And so I trust that a little bit, too. I mean, that's part sure. of it. Uh, but I do think it probably got a little out of hand. In the preseason, I, I don't put read into that. Like you, you had five drives for touchdowns. Right, right. And, uh, that type of stuff. I think I'm almost read more in the preseason if guys are terrible than if they're good. So, you know, it was a tough game out of the gates uh, against a really tough defense, uh, really good 49er team. And it wasn't the only team that looked bad. You know, Joe Burrow had a rough game. He did. Uh, you, you know, uh, shoot, the Giants lost 40 to nothing. So I think we'll see probably over the course of the season that he's I would say a solid starting quarterback but to your point probably not a star
0: you know speaking of guys who struggle you mentioned Joe Burrow we'll get to him but Josh Allen right and I think listen Josh Allen was terrible terrible in that game with the Jets we all know that but the overreaction to his performance to me is <laughs> I mean it's crazy people are it, it I guess every year I'm a little surprised I'm kind of a lunatic, and I'm, I'm reactionary sometimes, but I'm yeah. very calm about week one, no, good or bad. I, I never overreact to week one, and it's surpri- It's stupid, but it surprises me every year how people do. I mean, the way people have jumped, people were already trending against the Bills, I feel like, before the season. Oh, yeah. So now they're piling yes. on Josh Allen. Listen, he's flawed. He makes mistakes, but my God, the backlash for Josh Allen from this bad game was crazy to me.
1: I agree. I agree. I feel like you know their inability to really break through in the playoffs the last few years, and then you know the way it kind of ended last year. I think people have had that in their that taste in their mouth, you know, for the last few months, and so we've had this kind of uh, skepticism of the Bills. And you have to keep reminding yourself they were thirteen and three last year. It's an unsuccessful year, right? Yeah. Uh, You know, a really good team. So I do have some big picture skepticisms about them in terms of. Just, I almost feel like their window uh, for that. I almost feel like they've peaked a little bit. You know, that maybe we've, their best chance to win it was probably the year they lost in 13 seconds. It doesn't yeah. mean that Josh Allen sucks, right? right. Uh, but I. the other thing is the Jets are really good on defense, and it's the first game out. We didn't see everybody completely on fire in the first game out. So I'm with you. It's, it is an overreaction. I think it did build up from the offseason, but they are a team with a lot to prove. And so, you know, they're, they're, they've are they're they gone from, okay, we know you're good. Now good isn't good enough, right? When you reach that level, you start getting criticized. It's like in Philadelphia last year, people were criticizing the Eagles by the margin of victory, yeah. right? It's like, well, wait a minute, we won the game. Yeah, but it wasn't that easy.
0: <laughs> you know, that's kind of how it goes,
1: right? Yeah,
0: uh, They yeah. lost, of course, to the Jets, as you mentioned. We know the Jets have a really good defense. We thought they would. They played great defensively in that first game. They've got good skill position talent, maybe the best backfield duo in the league, but Aaron Rodgers is hurt with Zach Wilson in this tough AFC. I think Jets fans are kidding themselves if they believe that Zach Wilson or Matt Ryan or Colt McCoy or Carson Wentz can lead them to the playoffs. Certainly they can't win a Super Bowl. I don't even think they can make the playoffs with Zach Wilson or any of those guys at quarterback Do you. I mean,
1: I think they have a chance, but it's just a much harder chance. You know, I think we probably, uh, you know, we went from probably overestimating Zach Wilson to probably underestimating him a little, a little now. My concern with them is they tailored everything for Rogers. I mean, shoot, Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb; those aren't weapons for for uh, right. for Zach yeah. Wilson to 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 help him. Now they do have Garrett. They they do have Garrett Wilson, and they do have a really good running back in Brees Hall. So, you know, they have now a different formula to try to win, and it it probably does make it so that they can't be a Super Bowl team. But I think they could still be a playoff team. They were on the verge last year, and it did unravel on them. It did unravel. But I think it's plausible that that Zach Wilson could have matured a little bit or having some time on the sideline, uh, that he can help just get them through some games, especially when they're not playing Top defense like Buffalo, and maybe he has an actual week to practice. And also, by the way, no expectations on him. I mean, everyone's yeah. expecting this guy to suck. Yep. Yeah, well, he's true. probably better than that, right? He's he's probably not just the worst prospect ever. So, um, they have just an emotional adjustment, I think, to make from probably overestimating how good they were going to be to now. You know, you've it's reality sets in. But yeah. I think they can still be
0: competitive we talked to you. We referenced Joe Burrow. Obviously he played terribly against the Browns. He hadn't played the whole preseason. There was bad weather. He's dealing with the calf injury. We can make all the excuses we want. The bottom line is he played a terrible game, but I'm not worried about that. He'll be fine. On the other side, the Browns defense, like the Jets defense played a fantastic game uh, their running game. No surprise with Nick Chubb was great. Uh, once again, Deshaun Watson is now his seventh game with the Browns did not play particularly well, missed a lot of throws. Now, Obviously, the weather was a factor. There's no doubt about it. It was tough weather to play in. But we've still gone seven games without seeing the Houston Texan, Deshaun Watson. I remember in your quarterback tears, there are a lot of people yeah. unsure of where to put him. What do you make of him and the Browns right now after seeing them one game?
1: Oh, yeah. He was he was getting uh, votes in uh, like almost all the tears because yeah. people were like, well, you know, I think he's going to bounce back. He, he has that in him. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Other people, he looks done to me. I don't know what happened to him, you know, right? So yeah. until we see him play great again, we can't we can't really give him the benefit of the doubt now first game out rain, like you said uh, you know, division opponent, pretty good defense. Yeah. It has been a good defense. So I think we do have to give him, you know, probably the first half of this season. Uh, Now along the way, if he just has terrible games, I mean, then we don't have to wait the whole (laughs) half season, but I give him a little bit of time of sort of being the guy and, I'm with you,
0: though. I just didn't see a lot that we were like, you know, loud. that's for sure. Mike, last thing. With Rodgers getting hurt, you know, so much of talk. Again, I feel like the players bring this up all the time. You know, the Goodell says, hey, well, we'll look into it. We'll do this. And, of course, <laughs> they're going to do it. They have the, uh, the turf. I love what he says today. Well, you know, we've looked into it. And there's a lot of players that like the turf because no, none of the players want to play on turf. Obviously, they do it because these stadiums cost a fortune. And they want to put concerts and do all this stuff. If they really cared about the health of the players, they'd have grass in all stadiums. I think. Uh, what do you What do you have to say about well, that whole situation? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think if I think the league has always been, you know, shoot, they used to deny concussions right. and all that stuff too, right? So uh, now I don't know. I, I think you know, kind of like with numbers, with studies, you can probably find studies to make it look one way or the other, right? That it really is a sure. big difference. No, maybe it's not. Uh, uh, you know, right now the utility and economics of being able to have a versatile stadium that's about more than football are outweighing the the concerns and the ability of the players to uh, negotiate for something better, right? I mean, the players keep agreeing to things they complain about forever, and it mm-hmm. just shows you the strength that's of right. the league. It's much easier, you know. They, they complain about, uh, you know, they they complain about how long the season is, then they agree to extend the season. Franchise, franchise <laughs> tags know, too. Franchise, franchise tag, theory. complain about it, yeah. then we sign up for more of that. So. You know, the the league does have the upper hand in those negotiations, and I can't imagine that players are going to feel strongly enough about uh, grass to do what it would take to get grass mandated. They'd have to give up percentages of revenue and stuff. They're not going to do that.
0: 100% true. Mike, appreciate the time. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. All right, welcome back. It's the Bullpen with Adam the Bull. Thanks to Mike Sando for joining me. And now we wrap up this podcast, as I will do every Friday, picking all the games in the NFL for this weekend. Usually, I'll leave the Monday night game for Monday, but next week, I'll be doing podcast on Tuesday instead of my normal Monday podcast because um, the Browns play Monday night, so we'll do a big uh, Tuesday Bull in Cleveland instead of Monday. So let's get to all the NFL picks. I pick every game for you this week. Let's start Sunday one o'clock. Raiders at the Buffalo Bills. This is a tricky one. Obviously, the Bills played terribly. The Raiders are a bad team. I'm I'm going to lay the eight and a half with the Bills. This is not one of my favorite games. Uh, we picked uh, we we picked five games versus the spread. All the Bet Rivers uh, hosts and analysts. Uh, This was not one of the games on that board. Uh, This is not one of my favorite games, but I pick them all on Friday. Uh, But if I had to pick on this one, I'd take Buffalo 8.5. I think Josh Allen, I think there's a number of good quarterbacks and good teams that played poorly in Week 1 that are going to right the ship in Week 2. I think the Bills are one of them. I'm a little nervous about them covering, to be honest. But in the end, if I think they're going to win by a touchdown, then I'm just going to lean towards Buffalo in this one. Uh, minus the eight and a half. Also one o'clock. Bears and the Buccaneers. This is one of the game, one of the best bets of the week. I like the Bears in this one. I know the Buccaneers are at home. I think the Bears are better than they were last week. I think the Buccaneers got very lucky to win that game against Minnesota. I'm not a huge Justin Fields guy, but I like Justin Fields a lot more than I like Baker Mayfield. I expect the Bears to pull an upset. I'd actually go with the Bears on the money line, uh, this week, plus 123. to take. But, you know, I, I definitely like them uh, plus two and a half points. Bengals get revenge this week. They played as bad a game as I've ever seen them play with Joe Burrow last week. Completely dominated in the rain by a uh, what looks to be a really excellent Browns defense. Baltimore's defense not as good. Weather conditions should be better. I'll lay the three and a half with the Bengals at home. Home opener against Baltimore played well last week against an awful team another Sunday one o'clock game Chargers at the Titans Chargers were two point favorite two and a half point favorite on the road latest bet rivers line Uh, I'm gonna go with the Chargers in this one Tennessee I said before the season I think they're an awful team Ryan Tannehill's an awful quarterback uh I'm gonna lay the two and a half with the Chargers they will have no problem I think they'll you listen their coach does some weird things I don't love them and the Chargers, but the Chargers can score, and Tennessee can't. And I, I think the Chargers win this game going away. Seahawks at Lions. I like the Lions at home to get to two and zero in this one. Uh, Seattle off to a rough start. I was not buying Geno. I I was worried about a a reg- some regression from Geno. Now I'm not saying it's right based on one game, but I, that's what I was expecting. I do love Seattle skill position talent, but I think their defense overrated coming into the season. Uh, love what I saw from the Lions in Week One, and I think they've got m- more room to grow too. I like them at home. I'll lay the five points with the Lions in their home opener. Chiefs lost their first game. I expect them to bounce back this week. I am a good. I, I do like Jacksonville um, in this on the season. I think Jacksonville is a team that I, I'm. I'm. I think a lot of people think well, they'll win their division because the division stinks. I think they're better than that, but not this week. Chiefs win by a touchdown in that one. One o'clock game, Colts and Texans. This is an awful game. I'll lay the one and a half with the Texans, but that's pretty much a stay, in, stay away. Packers, Falcons at one o'clock. I'll go with the uh, with the uh, Falcons at home. I'll lay the one and a half. I'll take the running game over Jordan Love and the Packers, although I was impressed by Jordan Love last week. Uh, I will take the 49ers. I know the Rams played great last week. This is a whole new animal. Even though they're at home, there'll be a lot of Niner fans there. Puka Nakua, who had the big breakout game for the Rams, may not play. He's banged up. I showed up on the injury report, didn't practice yesterday. That's not good. I like the Niners. I'm a little nervous about the 7.5. I can see it being a touchdown game. But the Niners right now um, feel like they're the best team, certainly, in the NFC. That's a 4 o'clock game. Also at 4 o'clock, the Giants at the Cardinals. I think the Giants, another team that I don't love the Giants. Um, I'm not nearly as high on them as other people are. I don't think they're a playoff team, but the Cardinals are the worst team in football. Giants were particularly bad against Dallas. They'll bounce back this week. Giants are a decent team. They'll win on the road. Uh, I'll lay the four with the Giants. Also four o'clock, commanders at the Broncos. I like the commanders in this one. They beat Arizona last week. I don't love the way they played. I'm down on Sean Payton. I'm down on Russell Wilson. They're not good in the red zone. They weren't last year. I'll take three and a half with the Commanders. I think they keep it within a field goal, maybe even win the game. I'm laying the nine with Dallas. I think maybe it's an overplay a little bit. Uh, The number got huge because Aaron Rodgers is out, and Dallas played so well. But I I think the Jets are a complete fraud without Aaron Rodgers. I think they've been way overhyped all year. I didn't even think they were a short-thing playoff team with Aaron Rodgers. They're not without him. They built – you know, they played a great game. Good job. Now they come down. Now now they go to reality. Dallas' defense is as good as any in the league. I'll lay the nine with Dallas. Sunday night football, uh, give me the Dolphins on the road, laying the three against the Patriots. Two Monday night games, Saints-Panthers at 7-15 Eastern. I'll take the Saints on the road in this one minus the three points. And Monday night football, the second Monday night football game at 8-15, this one on ABC – the Browns are a two and a half point favorite in Pittsburgh. And for the first time in a while, the Browns go to two and zero. Oh. the Browns, by the way, have not beaten Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh in the regular season in 20 years. They will do it on Monday night. The Browns defense is for real. The Steelers are without their best receiver, their second best defensive player. It's a problem. Kenny Pickett stinks. Browns win by double digits in that one. Those are the picks for week number two. Thanks for everybody for joining me as always. Thanks to Brian Monzo for producing. Thanks for Mike Sando for joining me. Everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy the football. And I'll see you Tuesday for a Brown Steelers recap. Actually, I'll see you Sunday. We got the instant reaction Sunday on all the Sunday games. Uh, Sunday night, we'll put that out before the Sunday night football game. And then on Tuesday, I'll do a big Brown Steelers reaction, plus a little on the Sunday night football and the other Monday night football game. Until then, I'll see you. It's the bullpen with Adam, the bull. See you everybody. Thanks for listening to the bullpen with Adam, the bull on the bet rivers network. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the bet rivers network, whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to game bet match today from your favorite podcast provider.